Job chapter 2. We're going to go to the book of Job, chapter number 2. In the end, God showed Job that he's still good, didn't he? Yep, that's our God, no doubt about it. The book of Job, chapter number 2. And we're going to begin our reading in verse number 11, and we're going to read right on into chapter number 3, not real far, but a little ways. Job chapter 2, excuse me, verse number 11. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came every one from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept. They rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. After this opened Job his mouth, and cursed his day. And Job spake, and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, And the night in which it was said, there is a man-child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above. Neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let a cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. For as for that night, let darkness seize upon it. Let it not be joined unto the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Lo, let that night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Let them curse it that curse the day who are ready to raise up the morning. Let the stars of the twilight thereof be dark. Let it look for light but have none. Neither let it see the drawing of the day because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb nor hid sorrow from mine eyes. Why did I not why, why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? We're going to stop our reading there. <clears throat> I titled the message tonight, don't let, your, don't let Your Grief Steal Your Faith. I've seen a lot of people throw in the towel because bad things happened to them over the years. And... Tragedy can cause some real grieving and real grief. It's very real. We're going to look at that. It was very real in Job's life. But don't let your grief steal your faith. Let's pray. We'll get started. Heavenly Father, I need for you to arrest the attention of people tonight as I cannot. I'm going to try my best to preach this message just the way that it should be preached. 
And, and Father, I'm going to do my best with your help to bring it forth and, and make it plain and, and, and the application that you have for us to make that plain. But I need you to, the, to arrest the attention of some people. Lord, I know that life is busy and crazy. I know that we're surrounded, even today, by, by chaos. But Father, that gives us no excuse not to be focused on what you have for us these next few minutes. And, and Lord, I pray that we'd set aside the cares of this life and give you the time that's allotted to you. Father, we need power to preach and boldness to say what needs to be said and just guidance and everything that's said and done. Lord, help us know tonight. Help us know tonight that you have spoken. Lord, that you have given us uh, what we need that we can continue to live a life of faith the way you'd have it done. Bless and help us now, Lord, as only you can. Please, please do that. We ask you to do that in Jesus Christ's wonderful name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please be seated. I forgot to mention it tonight during prayer time. Brother Bronner's not here because he got overheated today. Felt like that he might have had a little bit of a heat stroke. And uh, so he's stayed home because of that. This heat's terrible. I know it is. Need to be careful. We're out there working in all of that. But pray for Brother Bronner that he'll bounce right back. Job, he was a real person, really lived. And he was described by God as a perfect and upright man that eschewed or shunned or avoided evil. We know that he was a man of devout faith that sacrificed. He worshiped God on a regular basis. He was the kind of man that it would be said of him. Now, there's a good man right there. That's a good guy. I mean, he was very godly. He raised his kids right. He was faithful to spend time with God. And God blessed him abundantly. We see it over and again in just what he had before tragedy struck. Um, yep, God was really watching over Job. And then disaster. It happened. And once again, it helps us to know that bad things can and do happen to good people at times. There's no guarantee of a perfectly painless life. None of us have that guarantee, not one of us. And we've also seen in this series that Job lost most everything. And when he did, he didn't allow that to, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he did not allow that to cause him to quit on God. He didn't quit on God. In fact, he told his wife after she had encouraged him to just go ahead and curse God and die. Uh, she, uh, he told her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? And it says, in all this did not Job sin with his lips. So we know that he kept his faith to an extent in unhappy times. Now as we continue on through this account, we know that he had been seated on the top of a pile of ashes in the city dump, scraping boils off of his body. He had boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. What a sight. I mean, just to think about it, horrible. And he's sitting down in this ash heap with a piece of broken pottery, scraping those off of his body. Get this, he's all alone. He's alone. Um, his wife has come, and, and, and she's already gone after being rebuffed for her faithless rebuke of 
Job's integrity, just curse God and die. His neighbors have left him alone to deal with the terrible losses that he has suffered. And even now, in this, all of this, the devil's nowhere to be found. That's the way he loves to leave people. You know, he loves to put them in a disastrous place and then just leave them there as he goes off laughing along the way. Um, he, he wreaked havoc on Job's life. He wreaked havoc, uh, havoc on Job's health and well-being. But through all of this, Job has held steadfastly, steadfastly to his faith in God. He's been strong. Do you think it is even possible? Get with me here. Come on. Get with me here. Do you think it's, it's, it's possible to even imagine a more pathetic sight than Job? I'm asking you to use your imagination a little bit. I know it's really harder in these days and times where video games and TV and Hollywood stolen away with the imagination of a lot of people, but I'm asking you to use your imagination for just a few minutes here. Can you imagine a more pathetic sight than him sitting there in that pile of ashes, covered with boils, scraping them off of his body? He's lost everything. If you were there at that time, I mean, I'm talking about if knowing Job and the kind of man that he was, I, I, I do believe that it definitely would have been very heartbreaking to see him sitting there on that ash heap of a once wonderful life, all of a sudden, devastated and as the scene opens up here tonight where we begin our reading we see the sight of him sitting there and 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 uh, feeling some sense of relief white preacher how come you can say that well i mean here job is he's sitting there with three of his friends his friends have come to see him now they heard the news of everything that had happened and so they agreed to get together and to go mourn with their friends and to bring some comfort to him, if possible. Friends. And the Bible says that even though, uh, even when they were walking up to where he was sitting, that it really shocked them because at first they didn't know who he was. No, it was such a sight that they did not... No, 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 no. Verse 12, And when they lifted up their eyes far off and knew him not. I mean, this guy is in bad shape. And when they first saw him, they didn't even know who he was. And don't you know that the sight of him brought out a deep sense of sympathy? Truly. Mercy, Job. I mean, we heard bad things happen and everything he had was gone. Kids are gone. All your goods are gone. We didn't expect to see you like this. Boils all over his body. And it goes on to say that just the sight of him sitting there in the shape that he was in caused them to rent their garments, to rip their clothes, and to put dirt on their heads as a sign of sympathy for Job. And then for a whole week, get this, stay with me here, stay with me, stay here, I want you to get this picture. For a whole week, 
They sat there seven days, seven nights. They sat there in silence in respect of their friend's grief. They just sat there with him. Job didn't say a word, so they weren't going to say anything. They just sat there in silence. Then finally Job speaks up. And what he says is very, very disturbing, truly. In fact, what he says, it shows a man that is so buried in the burden of, 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 of grief that he feels, listen to this place, that he feels for him that life no longer holds any meaning. And, and before someone might try to put, uh, put Job down for feeling that way, I'm telling you, once again, if you were sitting in a pile of ashes scraping bowls off of your body with a piece of broken pottery with your spouse just telling you you might as well curse God and die, you might just have some of these same feelings, you think? How terrible. And think about this. Such losses and death invaded a once, it, it, in, 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 invaded a once perfect world. I mean, losses and death. We see them as enemies. You lose someone close to you. Um, You lose all your savings. I mean, we see them as enemies. It is not as if we were, you and I now, I'm talking about you and I now. It's not as if you and I were created to withstand such an onslaught of bad, such as was, which was flung on Job. It's not like we were created for that. Created for that to all of a sudden have all of this tragedy. You've lost family. You've lost your children. You've lost your goods. You've lost pretty much everything. Your health. It's not like we can just normally say that I was built to take that kind of disaster. I was built and ready for it. I mean, from the womb, I was ready for that. I mean, we weren't. We weren't. We're human. We're human. And Job's grieving in a bad way. I mean, it's like man alive. It says he cursed his day, and that means he cursed the day he was born. Why was I ever born? And that display of grief, it really causes us to consider the things that, 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 that most would like to avoid. I, I mean, we've we got to consider these things. I, I don't want to think of losing everything that I have. I don't want to think of losing my health completely. Certainly don't like to think of losing my, any of children. I mean, that's a tough one. And, and we really don't like the... We really don't like the lessons on discouragement. We really don't like the lessons on grief or, or, or depression. But at times, at times, our personal suffering seems to make these required subjects. I mean, that we can learn. I'm so thankful that God gave us the Bible. And, and he, he, gave us, he gave us things like this that truly we can learn from if we will take heed. 
So many things to learn from Job, but, but one thing it should do for us is to make us prepare for these types of, get this, to make us prepare for these types of emotions before they hit us. Because something like that just brings a flood of emotion. God made us that way. We're emotional people. And things like this begin to happen. And I mean, we're flooded with emotions. And if we're not careful and we're not prepared for it, we're not ready for it, I mean, it, to handle it the way that we should, it can overtake us, can't it? Truly. And, and we can see some truths from which we can learn and then look at some practical application, <clears throat> I believe, tonight through these few verses we're going to look at. So let's think about the distress of Job. Job was so distressed that all he cared to do was sit in silence. All he wanted to do was just sit there. You ever been there? Just leave me alone. I don't want to talk. I don't want to hear. Just leave me alone. I mean, I've never suffered anything like this, like Job suffered, but there have been times in my life that we've gone through things that I've just, I don't want to hear from anybody. I don't want to say anything. Well, nothing. That's where he is. He, he, he was experiencing a grief that was just too great for words. And even when his friends showed up, I mean, he, he had no desire to air it all out right then. He, he didn't want to talk about it right then. In fact, a whole week had to go by before he was ready to talk about what had happened. The silence that he was robed in, if we can say it that way, shows that the loss he had gone through was more than he could understand. It, he, he's, he's trying to figure it all out. And, and it's pretty easy to imagine, is it not? Job's sitting there in silence for that week, but his, but his mind, get this, but his, his mind, he's sitting there in silence, but his mind running pretty much 24-7. I mean, all these different things going through his mind. He's sitting there. All this stuff is happening. He's sitting there, and he doesn't want to talk about it whatsoever. He just wants to be quiet. But his mind is going and going and going, searching through all the past years of his life, maybe looking for answers for why he had to go through something so horrific. I mean, I mean, Lord, was was it was it was it I? Can you imagine him saying, "Was it was it was it me? Am I am, am I to blame?" Or had he become spiritually blind to some faults in his own life or in his family's life that had caused God to allow or even? Even cause such things to happen, and why? No, no, things like, why would God let this happen to me? Well, why is this going on in, in, in my life? And, and if, it was, if it was God using this that he's going through for, for his, for God's greater good, if it's God using this in his life for God's greater good, I mean, couldn't God have found some less painful way for it to be accomplished? Lord, couldn't we have handled this a different way? Does it have to be like this? I mean, have you ever had bad things happen to you? And, and, I, and if you have, did you not spend much time searching yourself and asking questions and trying to make sense of it all? Lord, I've been doing the best I can, and now this. 
I was doing all the right things, going to church, reading my Bible, and praying, giving. I was doing it, now this. Job was definitely at the lowest place of his life. And his friends, these friends came to share his sorrow. I really believe that's why they initially came. I really do believe that. Romans 12, 15 says that we should weep with them that weep. <clears throat> them being there for him, it showed, the, it showed their sympathy, it showed their support. And think about this, think about this. Being silent while Job was silent showed that they respected Job's grief. I mean, they weren't trying to pump him for things or whatever. I mean, they were sitting there, wanted to be there for him. No, I'm saying that they didn't try to come up with something to say when they had nothing to say. There weren't those, those attempts of worthless cliches of faith. You know what I'm talking about, those, those worthless cliches of faith. Well, Job, God knows what you're going through. You know, or something like, God will never put more on you than you can bear. Or Job, what you need to do, you just need to praise God through this, Job. I mean, they didn't try to come up with anything like that. They just sat there with him. They were good friends. They were there for him. They were there for him. For him. And neither did they try to be spiritual cheerleaders. I mean, they weren't trying to tell jokes to change the mood, or they weren't trying to encourage Job just to pull himself up by his bootstraps, keep on keeping on, all that stuff. I really do believe they were concerned about their friend. I mean, they traveled to spend time with him. They were there to mourn with him over his losses and to comfort him and to try to help him along the way. You know, there are times the very best thing that we can do for someone that's going through something hard in their life is simply to be there. I mean, just letting them know that we care and, and, and that we're willing to share their sorrows. I mean, offering up the compassion of a silent presence, just being there. But he was in real despair. There's no need to doubt. Verse number 3 of chapter 3 says, Let the day perish wherein I was born. And the night in which I, it was said, there is a man-child conceived. So finally he begins to speak, and what he had to say shows the depths of his feeling. <clears throat> with, 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 um, with, with what he has to say here, these next few verses, um, let's consider the effects. Now get this, get this, get this. Come on, you have to think a little bit. But let's consider the effects that his words, his words, have on his faith. Okay, here's what God, no, 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 here's what Job is feeling. Here's what Job's feeling. I wish I'd have never been born. Is that in a nutshell? That's what he's feeling. No, he's feeling that. No, it's very real. The feeling that he has, it's very real. No, 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 it's very, very real. The present pains in Job's life have, have now erased, get this, the present pains in joys, uh, jo joys, the present Pains in Job's life have now erased all the joys from his lifetime, uh, of, li of his lifetime from his memory. 
the pain that he's going through right now have erased all the joys of his lifetime from his memory. Come on. He had all those kids, had all those riches, had all those things, had all that stuff. But now that's all been erased. And all he's thinking now is, I just wished I was never born. So now he is comparing the sorrow that he's going through with the joy that friends and family experienced the night he was born. No, really, look at, look at verse number four. Let that day be darkness. Let not God res- regard it from above. Neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and shadow of death stain it. Let a cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize upon it. Let it not be joined unto the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Man, I'm telling you, he's, he is pretty down, isn't he? He is down. Lo, let the, verse seven, let the night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Let them curse it that curse the day, who are ready to raise up their morning. Let the, let the stars of the twilight there be dark. Let it look for light and have none. Neither let it see the dawning of the day, because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hid sorrow from mine eyes. Verse number three, it says, there is a man-child conceived. It was said there was a man-child conceived. That night, get with me here, that night that he was born, it was like, it's a boy! Oh no, that's exactly what it's talking about. It's a boy. Man. The, the effort that he is putting out to downplay his birth is an indication that his birth had been a cause for great celebration. The night that he was born, he probably heard stories, boy, Job, I'm telling you, the night that you were born, it was a great time. I mean, probably a lot of, no, 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 at that point when it's, it's a boy, there's probably a lot of prayers of thanksgiving that went up, a lot of praise had probably gone up as the news spread that a son had been born that night, and the suggestion is that Job had been a firstborn son, and maybe, maybe in a son that had been long awaited by his parents, they didn't think they were going to ever have a boy, even to the point that maybe his parents had had almost given hope for such. And he was born that night. It's like, it's a boy, all right? It's a boy. This is great. This man is going to be great. It was an exciting night, the night he was born. But Job then concluded that the joy of, the joy that his birth had brought to others could never have been greater than the grief that life had now dealt with him. I would say, look up here for just a second, please. I would say he's down and out. No, I mean, he is down. No, this isn't a little thing for Job. I mean, he is like... Despair. Depression. I mean, he's, he's had enough. I, 
I'm afraid if it was modern day times and he'd had a bottle of pills sitting by or a gun sitting somewhere or whatever the case may be, that may have been the end of Job by his own hand. He's at that place. I mean, total despair. So here's the faith of Job. Now we hear about the faith of Job. So much the faith of Job. The faith of Job. The faith of Job. And, 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 and it's true. But here's the faith of Job right now. He cursed the day he was born. And we have to take note of this. He did not curse God. So let's think about a couple of things about Job's faith. No, no, listen to me. Please stay with me. There's this, a couple of things about Job's faith in light of Job's grief. We hear so much about Job's faith, and then you read all this stuff, and where's his faith now? No, no, that's why I want you to tune in, and that's why we're going through all of this. Because Job was human. Somebody say amen. No, he was a human being. He had real emotions, real feelings. All this stuff really did happen to him. I mean, this was very, very real. See, faith is not convincing ourselves. Please get this. Faith is not convincing ourselves of something that we don't believe. I'll say it again. Faith is not convincing ourselves of something we do not believe. Faith is confidence in God. It's confidence in God. No matter what's happening in our life, it's confidence in God. Man, things turn south sometimes. We have to have confidence in God. Faith does not claim to know all of the answers, but it does trust, it does trust the one that does know all the answers. Faith. Faith. Real faith. And let me just go ahead and say this. Faith does not require us to suppress our feelings. Oh, no, those feelings are real. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that grief is not a sign of unbelief. No, no, no. Jesus wept. Grief isn't a sign of unbelief. And, 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 and God is not insulted by our honesty. No, when that grief is real, he's not insulted by our honesty about how we feel. No, that doesn't insult, that doesn't insult God. And God is not unsympathetic to our feelings. He understands completely how we feel about things. And God is not oblivious to our emotions. He's the one that gave them to us. Here's the fault that was revealed in Job. Job was so overcome by his grief that he began to feel as if there was no real hope for him. He felt as though life had taken him in a way of which there could be no recovery. No, 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 no. I said he felt that way. It was a feeling. And in his despair, he began to feel that life had lost its meaning. And that life without meaning was really never worth having in the first place. 
because of what was going on. <clears throat> when our grief is overcome by despair, it will often cause us to over-exaggerate the hopelessness of whatever condition we're found in at the time. Oh, please don't miss this. I read an article in the news this morning about a 10-year-old girl who committed suicide. A 10-year-old girl committed suicide. And she left a note for her mom. And part of the note said this, I just can't do this. 10 years old. Here's what happened. Stay with me here. Here's what happened. Her feelings overcame her and brought her to a place that she thought there was no recovery. And it happens over and over and over and over in our country. The suicide rate since COVID-19 hit has gone through the roof. Because people get this sense of hopelessness. It's a feeling. I don't see how this can ever be good again. I don't see how this can ever work again. Grief overcome by despair will often cause a person to exaggerate the hopelessness of whatever condition is there in front of them. Our feelings are real, but they're not always reality. And we have to be very careful about that. And I have no idea what this young girl was going through, but I can tell you that nothing is bad enough to take your own life ever. 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 And I know during bad times, and, and certainly he was going through it, but during times such as those, it's real easy to feel like it had been better if you had never been born, or maybe if you'd never been married, or maybe if you'd never had children, or maybe you'd never dedicated your life to God, or maybe that you'd never surrendered to the ministry, or whatever might fit in our circumstances at that time. Or maybe it's just better I didn't. Maybe it would have been better if I wouldn't have. Maybe it would have been better. It's easy to become overwhelmed. So let's make some practical application from what we should learn from the battle that Job went through with grief. You know, we may never completely get over the things that have happened to us. But we can get through it with the help of God. Now, I want you to get that. Please get this. We may never completely get over the things that happen in our life. But we can get through it with the help of God. Listen, it, it, it seems that Job had um, confused, it seemed that Job had confused getting through what had happened to him with getting over 
what had happened to him, but they're two completely different things. I said, they're two completely different things. Look, we can get through a lot of heartbreak and grief. We can get through that with the help of God. We may, we may never get over it. It may be something that comes back and comes back and comes back and comes back. It may be something that we live with for the rest of our life. But we can get through it with the help of God. By the time that we get to the end of Job's story, we're going to find that God helped Job to get through his grief and once again find him enjoying his life. Held on to God. Trusted in God. And there may be times that we do not understand why God allows the things that He does in our lives, but we can find comfort from the resources that God has given us to help us. We can find comfort in that. Bible principles, wonderful Bible principles, and definitely the promises of God. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, casting all your care upon me because I care for you. Such promises like that that truly are very, very real. Well, we just need something more than that. Oh, no, really, we don't if we will just allow God to do what only God can do. God can help. The comfort of real friends, no doubt. And, and the support of a good church family can get us through a lot. I said real friends. Friends that are there. Friends that will guide you in the way that God would have you to go. Can get you through such things. And never to be forgotten is prayer. Prayer. Our access to God. And, and, and to the mercy and the grace that He has for us. Because He does have it for us. Prayer. I love it that I can pour my heart out to God. I love it that I can pour my heart out to God. I'll say it again because I love it that I can pour my heart out to God about anything and everything. And I'm telling you, there are times that, that, that I spend pouring my heart out to God and I know that the grace of God and the mercy of God is very, very real because He can restore the joy of my salvation. Enough time spent with him. The trouble is, too many times we go look in every place but where God would have us to look. We don't find the answers because we don't look for the answers where God would have us to go and look for answers. And, and, and please take note, one of the very worst, please listen to this, one of the very worst and dangerous things that a Christian can do at times of grief is to withdraw from the worship of God and the fellowship of caring believers. The comfort that, the comfort that we get from Christian brothers and sisters in Christ may not always be perfect comfort, but it can, it can help greatly just to know that they care and that they're willing to offer their support. One of the worst things you can do is pull yourself away from that. It's never good. never works out well. And we can also learn from this that we must always be on guard. Please listen. We must always be on guard against prolonged grief turning into depression. Because prolonged grief can turn into depression. It's very real. It certainly is. You have to be careful to not always believe what your feelings are telling you. Because feelings can and very often do lie. 
feelings lie. The, the feelings of depression do not hurt people. But it's how we respond to such feelings that can hurt us. And I'll say it again. The feelings of depression, the feelings of depression do not hurt people. It's how that a person would respond to those feelings that end up hurting them. Any of us. If the grief gets to be overwhelming, the depression seems to set in, it's really very wise to seek some good godly biblical counsel from a godly source. I'm talking about somebody that encourages you with the Word of God, encourage us to seek the help that we need to get back on track. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying we're all human. And we all go through things. And God created us with these emotions and feelings and all these things. He created us that way. We just have to know what to do when they get out of control. Job's grief was understandable. Very understandable. Come on, his grief was understandable. He lost all his children, all his goods, everything. Wife told him to curse God and die. His grief was very understandable. But his response to his grief was not totally blameless. And I know, I know, I know. He, he didn't falter in his faith. But he did allow his view of God to become distorted. He allowed his view of God to become distorted. <clears throat> God had a plan for you. Look up here. Look up here. God had a plan for your life before you were ever born. Don't let your grief steal your faith. I think we really need to learn from the Word of God how to handle tragedies that may come into our life. And I truly believe that if we take note of what God has to say here in the book of Job, even as we go on through it, there's much more to learn. I think it can help us in our life. Some of us are older and don't have a lot of life left, but we could still, it could still be met with tragedy. There's a lot of younger people sitting in here who have a lot of life left, and there's no guarantee you that you won't be met with tragedy one of these days. And if we can learn even now to handle those things the way that God would have us to handle things, I guarantee you it'd come out much better. I said at the beginning of this, I, I've seen people, Christian people, Throw in the towel along the along the road. I've, uh, the, my Christian in my Christian life ministry, I have seen people throw in the towel because bad things happen to them. Throw in the towel, walk away from God, just go ahead and live their life any way they want to. But I have never seen anything good come out of that. And I have seen, we have seen families absolutely destroyed. Because of that. 
those families that could have ended up being a good godly family and kids doing well took a left turn and went completely different direction because they didn't handle a tragedy that happened in their life. God knows best. We need to be prepared for that. It's easy to trust God when everything's going good. Well, we need to learn how to trust Him when things aren't going so good. And He does have all the answers. You can be assured of that. He has all the answers, for sure. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that we can trust you. The story of Job is really amazing. And if we take it in a nutshell, that here's Job and he was doing great and then the devil got on him and he lost all that he had and then he lost his health and then he got real upset about it all and then his friends were ugly to him and all this happened and then all of a sudden everything worked out best to the, uh, for him and now Job's happy again. It's easy just to overlook the real story and everything that goes on in Job's life and the lessons that we can be learn that can be learned, that we can learn from that. It, it, it's easy just to overlook that. Lord, help us not to do so. You gave us a Bible for a purpose. And Father, we need to be strong enough that even if tragedy would strike in our lives tonight, that we'd hang on to you. And Lord, I don't know what everybody's going through or what they might face in the future, but I do know this. You're a loving, caring, heavenly Father, and you want us to be prepared for whatever might happen. And you're there for us, no doubt about it. So help us to be found faithful. Help us to be strong in our faith. I pray, Lord, these next few moments, folks need to come, they'll come. Lord, your will would be done in lives. We thank you for your goodness and ask these things in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet for a minute, our heads bowed, eyes closed. No one looking around. Some people have already made their way to the altar. You need to come. If you need to come, why don't you take this opportunity? Go ahead. Ask God to help you. Give God a minute of your life. Ask Him to help you to be strong. Be close to Him. Trust Him through whatever might happen. Brother, going to sing a verse. Brother Dan, sing a verse for us, will you? Search me, oh.